I'm Gabriel Spitzer, and this is Transmission. Yeah, so typically I figured he'd come out that over there because that's the shack he was talking about. Jennifer Tilford is standing in a parking lot at Cedar Creek Correction Center near Olympia. She's waiting for someone she hasn't seen in a long time. He lives over there in Olympic, so I can't even see his building right now. Imagine spending almost two decades in prison, dreaming of the day when you'd be free, and then when that day comes, you're released into a world under quarantine. That's the situation that Jennifer's husband, Jason Belary Tilford, is moments away from confronting. Life, for both of them, is about to change radically. There is no normal, and there's not going to be the same normal ever again. Not only because Jason's coming home, but because of the whole virus. Lockdowns, stay-home orders, they can feel kind of like being stuck in prison, or at least house arrest. But how does this world feel to someone who's actually been incarcerated for most of his adult life? On today's episode, Out of Lockup and Into Lockdown, the story of a man whose freedom started in the middle of a pandemic. Jason Belary Tilford grew up around Tacoma. He's been behind bars for 18 and a half years. Okay, so my original uh, release date was uh, July 10th, 2023. And then after clemency, my new release date is 5-22-2020. So next Friday. Jason was 24 when he was incarcerated. As the years went by, he started taking advantage of classes and work opportunities. He apprenticed as an electrician. And eventually, he met Jennifer, an eye doctor's assistant and friend of the family. So my mom introduced us. Uh, the joke is, uh, where'd you meet your wife? I met her on mamamatch.com. I've known his family for, I don't know, 15 years. I've been going to church with them for so long. Um, my, his brother originally told me about him, you know, maybe 13 years ago or something, and I just had an inclination to write him. I never did just because I felt like it might not, you know, a single woman writing a man in prison, that seems a little silly and maybe dangerous. And then six years ago, his mom actually asked me, like, hey, would you write my son? Um, really tried to only just start as friends and never do anything more. I actually never thought I'd meet him, but um, things changed. The letters got more frequent and more intimate. Jason began to open up about his story. At the end of 10th grade, got my GED and started framing houses. Um, Got into drugs pretty heavily. Um, Started doing meth. That pretty much just led me down the path of manufacturing, selling, hustling, running amok. That continued till, well, 2001. And uh, came to prison. Jennifer says she was drawn to Jason's honesty and his humor. He'd pay attention to what she'd written and ask questions about it. She started accompanying his family on visits. Um, so there was a family function, and it was a Thanksgiving family function. We were up taking pictures. It was his aunt and uncle, his mom and dad, and me. Well, we got to sit on these hay bales, and I fell, and he grabbed my waist to help. So I didn't fall, and I was like, oh. (laughs) Like, honestly, that was kind of the moment, like, oh, this this might not be just a friendship. It kind of started to turn romantic. We just just clicked, and my biggest thing with her was, in a lot of ways, she's my opposite, which is is good for me. You know, I've always chose the ones that were a lot like me, and that's always been detrimental. (laughs) Um, 
So it's, it's a good balance. So she balances me out. As the two of them grew closer, they finally got around to a difficult conversation. Honestly, when we first started writing, I had no clue what his conviction was. I didn't want to know because I wanted to get to know him as a person. Um, and then, uh, you know, a couple months of writing, he's like, do you want to know what I did? Like, do you know? And so, you know, he was very open and honest of, of what, you know, caused him to become incarcerated. It happened on September 3rd, 2001. Jason was riding in the passenger seat of his girlfriend's car. They were driving and arguing. Yeah, I mean, I lost my temper, and I felt trapped in, at the end of my, my line. I mean, there was a lot building up to that day. I was pretty much homeless, living in tent, no money. Things were just falling apart completely. And uh, I reacted in a way that it was not healthy at all, by grabbing that wheel. Grabbing that wheel. That was the moment. In an outburst of rage, Jason seized the steering wheel and jerked the car into traffic. They collided head-on with a mom driving her two children. No one died, but people could have, and there were serious injuries. Jason says he thinks about it all the time. Well, first of all, I'm extremely sorry. Um, I hate the fact that that evil came out of me that day, and... um, all the dope and everything that I was doing, was it just brought out a whole other beast in me that is definitely not me, and I feel terrible about it. When Jason went before the clemency board in 2019, he talked about his remorse. He talked about his sterling discipline record in prison and the ways he's tried to improve himself. And he talked about Jennifer. The two had gotten married in a short ceremony at the prison, he in black with a white tie and she in her big white dress. He told the clemency board members that his wife and his family would support him and keep him on track. The board agreed to commute the last several years of his sentence, which brings us up to this spring and Jennifer preparing for big changes. I live by myself. I have my own space. I'm an independent woman. So that's going to be difficult. But I'm also like, this is a huge transition for Jason. He's been incarcerated almost 19 years. Like, that's difficult to adjust to. So I'm just trying to, you know, being mindful of how he might be doing. And, you know, I'm excited for all the alone time. I've never, ever been alone with my husband because I've only ever seen him in visit rooms. And then, of course, there's the strange world that Jason Belary Tilford is about to enter, a world facing a pandemic where being free means mostly staying in your house. But Jason says that is down near the least of his worries. A lot of people I know are out there stressing out because they're stuck in their houses and, you know, feeling cooped up. But for me, because I know the world is moving a lot faster than it used to, and for me to come out at this time, I think it's a blessing because I don't have to be expected to get out there and get in the midst of all the commotion. I don't have to make reasons why I can't go out today or have the opportunity to sit back and slowly reacclimate to the world. So I think this is a good thing for me. It's a sunny morning as Jennifer stands in the Cedar Creek Correction Center parking lot, ready to welcome Jason into a new life that happens to be starting in a pandemic. I think Jason's going to be in shock. I mean, just this morning I went to the store and everything's plexiglassed and I'm in shock. And I've been doing this for, you know, what, three months now? So with Jason, 
you know, things have completely changed in almost 19 years, let alone, okay, hun, well, we need to wear a mask. Okay, you see those things on the floor? You got to stand six feet apart. Then, behind a fence, a bald man in a gray t-shirt and shorts appears carrying boxes. And right at the same time, so does the fuzz. I got chased off with my microphone just seconds before the reunion, but I see them in their embrace, their faces buried in one another's shoulders, a husband and a wife. Hello, Jason. Hi, good morning. Jason and Jennifer met up with me minutes later at a trailhead down the road where they planned to go for a short hike. Well, good thing I changed my shirt because uh, I did have some wet marks on my armpits on the other one. <laughs> it's just after breakfast. They have the whole day ahead of them. We gotta go grocery shopping. We gotta go get some real food. A heavenly donut. Mm, it's in the car. Oh, yeah! <laughs> you got milk? Yes, I do. And it's so nice. We're good then. That's all I need is my heavenly donut. <laughs> it barely felt real, Jason said. He seemed almost a little lightheaded. Is there anything in particular that you've missed touching or smelling or seeing? You hear that sound right there? I've missed that. <sighs> this is great. I, I miss hearing that water run. Being able to sit next to it. Yeah. One week later, and Jason and Jennifer are sitting close together in a one-bedroom apartment they now share in Puyallup. There's no one there to supervise or tell them not to touch. I personally kind of struggled with holding his hand and all of that because in the visiting room, it's, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that. So I finally calmed down and caught on quickly that it's okay to hug my husband, it's okay to hold his hand, it's okay to touch his shoulder. It's wonderful to be in a real pair of underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's prison? What's what's prison underwear like? Oh, do we have a pair out here? There you go. My DOC number is even stamped on my butt. It's pretty much a pillowcase that we use for our pillows, sewn into our boxers, and they fit terribly. I think, see, I you need you need to fix your pattern. <laughs> Jason and Jennifer recount their first day together: the hike, the breakfast at IHOP, which they ate in the car, and a socially distant visit to Jason's parents. We drove into my parents' neighborhood. Friday night. And I mean, 18 and a half years, you, you expect something to look different, but it's like everything was familiar. And I was like, but it's different in my mind's eye. And I'm looking around and I finally dawned on me. I was like, you know what it is? The trees are so much bigger. And that, so that really showed the passing of time. Yeah. What he's longing for is just quiet time with his loved ones. And that's exactly what the world during COVID has handed him. This is a great time. This is a great time to slow the world down and to get everybody to look at themselves and around at the beauty all around us and be able to reconnect with that. Jason is probably safer from the virus out of prison than he was inside, where he stayed in a dorm setting with dozens of other inmates. But it's strange on the outside too, he says. Unlike in prison, people can choose not to follow the rules. Man. Are we dealing with coronavirus or are we not? It's weird because you go in there and there's tons of people that aren't wearing no masks or not doing nothing. And then there's other people that see you coming and they're like, oh, they stop and like hide up against the wall. I mean, there's no in between. It looks like it's like some people believe it and some people don't is how it feels right now. In truth, compared with the huge gulf between being incarcerated and being free, the difference between COVID freedom and regular freedom 
seems pretty small. A lot of the changes are inside him, and that's something that Jason will have to wrestle with long after the pandemic fades away. Yesterday, I went over to the track by myself to go for a run, and uh, we got to walk three blocks and cross two sidewalks across four lane highways. And with her not there, it was it was just it was odd. And I noticed that I I keep my head down, I look at the ground, I don't want to like look at no cars or anything like that. Um, Pierce County Sheriff drives by me, and I'm just tensed up, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I, and it's I don't want those feelings. So I'm definitely looking forward to the point where I'm just a citizen again. For now, they're working toward what they always wanted, a life that's quiet, comfortable, intimate, a marriage. We eat dinner, we clean, we try and watch something on the television. We don't make it. We don't make it. Then we go to bed. We're so tired. Like, I feel like an old married couple. It's like, time for bed, honey. I'm so tired. It's 8 p.m., but let's go to bed. You can see pictures of Jennifer and Jason from their wedding day and also from his release day on our website, transmissionpodcast.org. Transmission is produced by the staff of KMKX, including Posey Gruner, Kevin Kniestead, and Jennifer Wing. Special thanks to Kari Plogue, Alan Bentley, and Kim Gordon. Our executive producer is Florangela Davila. Please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can send feedback to outreach at knkx.org. One quick program note, we'll be continuing to produce new episodes of this podcast, though they'll probably slow down a bit over the summer. You can find all of our coverage of the pandemic and more at knkx.org. I'm Gabriel Spitzer. Catch you next time on Transmission.